Spooky salutations, kids. <laughs> I hadn't said it in so long. I was like, let me do it one more time. It's October. We have to do a spooky salutations. <laughs> I'm your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. family. This episode is noticeably more low-key and mellow than the last one. (laughs) Both of us are just like, we're like Malaysian airplanes crashing all over the place. This is what happens when we record this late, though. I know. And you know what? It's my fault because I did have an event before this that I was like, oh... If, I, if we start recording later in the night, you know, it's something we don't normally do, but I'll be fine because I wake up so late in the day. And then come like 830, I was like, woof. This is not, <laughs> my body was not meant to do this. And that's the thing that kills me. Like, I work in nightlife. It's not like I don't do shows. Most shows that I did in New York City before the, the pandemic would not have even started yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I would still be traveling to the venue or getting ready right now like there is there's no reason i should be this tired i think i've gotten a little bit too used to i've gotten a little bit too used to being a homemaker (laughs) (laughs) i'm suddenly a 1950s housewife (laughs) oh god i don't know i'm i'm imploding don't mind just let whatever's gonna happen just let it happen This is the exhausted episode. I'm, just, I'm telling you right now. My body is just going through it. My mind is going through it. Are you exhausted? Um, I'm getting less exhausted. I do have a Red Bull. so <laughs> Your watermelon Red Bull. My watermelon Red Bull. Uh, you know what's weird? I don't think I've ever had a watermelon Red Bull. It's not bad. Does it taste? Is it like a Jolly Rancher watermelon? Yeah, with that fun Red Bull kind of chemically taste stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Like watermelon batteries. That's what it is. <laughs> A little bit. It's literally Energizer. <laughs> oh, goodness. What was I going to talk about? Who knows anymore? I, I, I honestly, like, I have had such bad diet brain. I started a diet this week. And I've had such bad diet brain. I can't remember, like, who I am, where I am, what day it is. The other day I was like, what fucking day is it? I was like, I was like uh, Robin Williams in Jumanji. I was like, what year is it? And I, honest to God, like could not figure out what the fuck I was supposed to be. Oh. <laughs> Sam's microphone just jumped off the table. Like it was haunted. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what I did. I don't think you did it. No, move it back. <laughs> it literally just like left I from the even table. Touching it, and it just no. It just tilted, it forward, just tilted and, forward and, and, and fell. It wanted to be close to you. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what it was. It was like Lucy and Dracula dead and loving it. It was like, so are these. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most bizarre technical issue we've ever had on my spooky gay family. Yeah, no, that's a new one. Kind Just of haunting. Thrilling even. <laughs> thrilling even. Well, I was going with haunting because it's a good segue. Yes, I know. <laughs> I just had to ruin it for you. I don't think we're there yet. I'm not ready to segue yet. I'm, I say okay. keep it to yourself, microphone. I'm not ready for your haunting. <laughs> um, I really, I have, I started a diet this week and it has been terrible. I hated it. It has been absolutely awful. Uh, but I have gained a lot of weight in quarantine. And it's like, it's one thing to say that when like before quarantine you were kind of in shape. But like I was fat in March. So it's like, why... <laughs> Why Why do I now have to be like, well, I'm fatter. I, I'm just bigger. I'm like a hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> Did you see that Facebook post? It was it was like all these pictures people had posted where they turned kids' board games into horror movie yes, posters. Yes, I did see this one. It was yeah. so good. There was like hungry, hungry hippos. There was shoots and ladders. Uh, I can't remember what else was on there. Do you remember? Candyland actually looked kind of creepy. Oh, I don't remember it. What was it? It was like... I think it was just a single lollipop with like a bite out of it dripping blood. Kind of Sam-esque. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I love that. I love that this is the year of Sam. <laughs> I don't know where it came <laughs> from or why it happened, but this all of a sudden this year it's like so trick or treat. We could just everywhere. use a little more Sam in our lives this year. That's all. For we need a little salad. Um, <laughs> that, that show took a turn. <laughs> They're like, Maine is weird now. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> that... That would be a great, like, full musical parody. If you parodied the whole musical, but instead of Mame, M-A-M-E, it was like M-A-I-M. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, for we need a little salad. And every song is just, like, about killing people and, and <laughs> witchcraft and craziness. Um, that's copyrighted. None of you can do that. <laughs> yeah, you need to stop having brilliant ideas on the podcast. I know. I wish I had some brilliant ideas when I wasn't just like manic in front of a microphone. I wish that I, could, <laughs> I wish I had a good idea every once in a while. Although I will say David and I kind of put into uh I I don't want to say we put it in the works. It's not like in the works. It's still in the very pre planning stages, but um and I've said that about like four projects in the last 6 months. We are working on a, a project this year that is a holiday project um, that hopefully we're going to start working on in the next couple weeks. I know that you're very sad to hear that. <laughs> you can start working on it whenever you want. You just can't release it till December. Exactly. Um, I know. And it was like, I was like, Sam would kill me if she knew what I was working on right now. <laughs> We were working out the other day and I was like, I was kind of like doing some of the planning and I was like, that's kind of the thing that sucks about working in entertainment is like, you always have to be at the very least like three or four months ahead of where you want to be. So it's like, at Halloween, I'm thinking about Christmas. At Christmas, I'm thinking about St. Patrick's Day. At St. Patrick's Day, I'm thinking about Labor Day. It's like, uh, or not Labor Day, uh, Independence Day. Day. No, okay. It's the same difference. Um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is like, I never get to like live in the moment. I'm always like, I'm always living like three or four months ahead of time and it kind of fucking blows. But, um, it is nice because I will say that like the other day for whatever reason, 
I don't know why I was in this mood. I was just like, I was feeling a, I was feeling real run down. And I was like, not really, I was not prepared for my day. And I watched the Judy Garland Christmas special on YouTube. Okay. And it was great. <laughs> and I loved every minute of it. And I was like, this is exactly what I needed today. <laughs> <laughs> and I like listened to some Christmas music all day. And I was like, okay, I'm recharged. I'm back in the game now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is October. What is it? It's October 15th today. Uh, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I think it's the 16th. The 16th. Right? I don't know. Who knows? I don't have a... It's the 15th. The 15th. I don't know what fucking day it is. But I am... I am a few months ahead of myself, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy it, though. I, I Do you have... Do you ever have a moment where it's, like, not Christmas time that you, like, kind of feel the spirit? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, that I was don't. so frank. It's <laughs> like, no, no, I don't ever. What is that from? Oh, it's Scream. Yes, it is. <laughs> You'd think I'd know it immediately. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. Not even I just, like one little moment. Not really. I mean, unless you count like watching, like I'll watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas pretty much any time of mm. year. Not even like like in July, if I turned on Muppet Family Christmas, you wouldn't be like, okay, I'm here for this. I would enjoy watching it, but like it's not going to like change my mood. Oh, it changes my mood. It makes me very like sappy and sentimental and saccharine and stupid. Why do all <laughs> those words start with an S? I wonder mm-hmm. what it is about that that letter that... uh. It's so you can hiss at yourself while you're sleeping. <laughs> it feels so like <laughs> sentimental and sappy and stupid. It's like it's all very like soft. It reminds me of did you ever see that episode of um of The Office when Dwight is talking about the word murder? No. When he's like, R is the most menacing of sounds. That's why they it's called murder. That's why that's <laughs> he's like, it that's why that's why it's called murder and not muckduck. <laughs> so stupid it's one of my favorite jokes on the entire series um yes so i i have been having a few moments where like i'm kind of excited for the holidays but i'm trying not to get too ahead of myself i actually was talking to adam my friend Mm -hmm. adam about going to do a haunt this year because we have one that we did last year that was outdoors Okay. And it is open again this year with COVID guidelines. And I was like, if it's outdoors, as long as they get rid of like the touch tunnel stuff, I think that yeah. this could be done safely. Yeah. Without much no. issue. Um, and obviously I would bring like hand sanitizer and everyone would wear masks as, you know, that's that would be compliant. But um, as long as we're following all the guidelines, I was like, I'll do it. I was like, I, I don't know if I could go a whole... I don't know if I could go a whole Halloween season without doing, like, any of my Halloween stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and there's so many things about this season that can be done outdoors that Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, we went apple picking the other day. Um, But that's what I was going to say. It's a harvest festival. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's it's Samhain and All Hallows Eve and Halloween, like, at their core are harvest festivals. 
they and you know i mean not to get into like the etymology of it but like it's it, it it all kind of stems from the idea of like the transition of the seasons and going from something to nothing and the living to the dead it, it's all it's all in there but i was actually gonna say like you guys went apple picking we're trying to plan a day to go apple picking together yes um and I I am not going to go this whole season without, like, doing all of my favorite things. I've just decided. I'm going to find a safe way to do them that is responsible and respectful, and I'm going to do them. <laughs> that is my decision. And uh, one of the things that I love so much about this season is my, not only my, my fake haunts, but my real ones. <laughs> I love a good haunted place. We've talked so much about Weird New Jersey. I think we even did an episode on Weird New Jersey. Yes, we did. Um, We've talked a lot about Weird New Jersey. And, you know, it it really is kind of a wonderful thing. There's a a drag queen in New York. Her name is Egypt. And she is a really wonderful drag queen. She's an awesome performer. But she, uh, she grew up, I believe... In the Dominican Republic, I can't remember uh, exactly where she grew up, but um, she didn't know anything about Weird New Jersey. And one day I was talking to her and, and I was telling her and I was like, you don't know about Weird New Jersey, like you, all this stuff. And she was like, no, I have no idea. So I got to like introduce her to Weird New Jersey and it was like the best moment of my life because I was like, I was like, ghosts <laughs> and drag queens, this is my, this is my jam. <laughs> um, and it was wonderful. And uh, so... Obviously, there are so many things in New Jersey that are haunted and that are, you know, kind of paranormal and weird and spooky. And so we thought today we would we would tell some spooky stories and specifically we'll get into some spooky stories later that uh, a friend of ours kind of contacted us about. We This is such a special episode because we don't get a lot like we have read listener stories on the on the podcast before and things like that but we have never really gotten into like a deep dive from a friend or listener and today we're kind of going to do some of that but we're going to kind of pepper in some of our own little seasoning on top as well (laughs) um it's a spice blend of spooky today it really is this is like this is like a falafel day of (laughs) of my spooky gay family we we're gonna be telling some spooky stories, and I'm very excited about it because uh, this is kind of the thing that launched the podcast. This is the reason we started doing it is because you and I have had a lot of spooky. Did I tell you that I told a bunch of our spooky stories uh, on a sh- in a show the other day? No, you didn't. I was doing a show with a, a very good friend of mine. Her name is Jacqueline Hyde. She is a, a drag queen from New York, and she was in my Christmas show with me. Uh, mm-hmm. I did. It's called. The Christmas Wish that we did at the Triad Theater in New York City this past Christmas. And Jacqueline is really, 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 really wonderful. I love her to death. And she did. <laughs> God bless her. I don't I don't know how she did it. She did this show where for her drag birthday, she did a 24-hour drag show. Oh, shit. Starting at like noon on one day and going till noon the next day. Where it was like every hour was a segment with a different queen. And she gave me, God, when was it? I think it was noon, or not noon, midnight to 1 a.m. Okay. And she called it the witching hour. So I came on to like tell spooky stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, I set up 
my all my my table here with all our stuff from from the watch along <laughs> all my candles and spooky shit and um basically Jacqueline just wanted me to come on and and tell spooky stories so I told them a lot of the stories from dad's house that like we had we've told on the podcast here and I was like if you like these stories we go into more detail on my spooky gay family everyone come watch and or listen and it was a lot of fun and it really got me it got me kind of excited because it's been a while since we've been able to talk about our own like spooky stories and it was nice to like revisit a lot of it. I like telling those stories because if you have to live through it, you might as well get the cred later, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's fair. Um, and so today I thought it would be fun. Well, we both thought that it would be fun if we shared some of our our other spooky stories. You know, we've told a lot of stuff that kind of revolves around dad's house. That was obviously how this whole podcast came to be anyway. But today we're going to um, we're going to talk about some of our other experiences. And you and I both have have a lot of crazy, crazy things that we've we've seen and places we've been. So um do, do you want to go first or do you want do you want me to you can lead off you jump can, in you I knew you were gonna be, <laughs> gonna be I was like I should have even given her the option um so one of the things I, I thought it would be fun to talk about was like the most haunted place you've ever do you know what the most haunted place you've ever been is I would imagine it's kind of a toss-up between two places what what are those two places Eastern State Penitentiary and the Edinburgh. dad's house <laughs> the Edinburgh catacombs Oh, you know, I don't think I've ever really asked you much about your your visit to the catacombs. It was interesting. Um, it was scary. Um, well, <laughs> go into detail because I've never been there and I don't know a lot about it other than the fact that it's obviously very spooky and haunted. It so, is catacombs. It is underground. Yes, it is underground. How do you get to it? Um, we got to it through a building um, on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. Um, we were met by a gentleman wearing the, you know, prerequisite I'm giving a ghost tour outfit. <laughs> so and he was dressed like a seventeenth century <laughs> yes. uh, pirate. Um, who immediately took one look at us and it was, it was like, oh, this is a group of four American college girls, like <laughs> fuck me. Um, <laughs> and we're like, we're fine. Like we're not even drunk yet. Like <laughs> We only had one beer with lunch. Like, it'll and be he's fine. like, "Why? Everyone else is drunk. He's like, Literally, why? everyone in this like, country could, is drunk. You could be drunk. It's fine. <laughs> it's practically a prerequisite. <laughs> it's it's in almost this mandatory." <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So he led us in through this building and down this really windy, really narrow staircase <laughs> into this basically this abyss of darkness. It's just is so dark down there, and there were just lights every like couple feet, and it um. There was a series of these, like, little cells along the wall. Like, by cells, I mean, like, rooms, essentially. But he kind of took us up and down the rows, and he was kind of explaining, you know, the historic sort of function of the catacombs and things like that, which was all interesting, but of course I've forgotten it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because what I remember is the last room, which was absolutely and utterly pitch black. Um, They could not keep lights on in there, according to this tour guide. They would put 
lights on in there and within like a couple minutes they would burn out so he's like there's something in here we're not 100 percent sure what it is but it's attached to you (laughs) (laughs) but here's the deal if you come in here you have to stand in like this little u-shape it's like don't move that much until i tell you to like don't if you come in you can't leave until we're done why because apparently people had gotten pushed and they'd gotten kind of thrown and they apparently moving around too much agitated whatever the fuck it was that was in this oh thing. shit so he's like so it's if a cat so if you <laughs> there's a cat in that room <laughs> so if you're gonna come in here you know you just have to stand still while i'm talking and then we'll all leave so the three ladies I was with, one of which is my lovely wife, Sarah, <laughs> um, all opted to not fucking go in there because they were smarter than me. So you were the only one in the group who I went in? I was the only one in the group who went in. And he went in with you? Yes, he went in with me. Um, there was a larger tour group and a handful of other people went in. Mm. But um, we all kind of lined up in our U-shape and he was talking and I'm kind of sitting here going, this is stupid. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I'm 21. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here going like, oh, yeah, so this was a long time this ago. This is dumb. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was 13 years ago. Yes, it was. Oh, my God. Which is why I don't remember the historic bits anymore. <laughs> that was an eighth grader's lifetime ago. Thank you. Do you have one more? No, I'm good. For okay, you. all right. Although 13 is a is a that's a hell of a number for you. <laughs> is it? <laughs> She's like, shut the fuck up. No, that's fine. So it's you're fine. standing in your U shape and thinking yeah. nothing is. This thinking, is kind of stupid. This is kind of stupid. Like nothing's gonna go wrong. And I'm standing there and I feel something kind of like bump into my back. And I thought it was the guy next to me. So I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. Like, watch where you're standing. It's dark in here, whatever. (laughs) And then something bumped me again. And I guess I kind of shifted forward a little bit because I hear the tour guide go, whoever's moving, stop. And (laughs) I'm standing there like, okay, this isn't good. He said, whoever's Whoever's moving, moving, stop? Yes, so, and were you the one he was talking to? I, I'm assuming I was the one he was talking to because I shifted forward and I'm sure he heard like my boot hit the ground or something. But, oh my God. How have I never heard this story? <laughs> I don't tell this one that often because I feel like it sounds fake. It does not sound fake to me at all. But I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I, I, it feels like Christmas morning to me right now. <laughs> so we're standing in there and he's talking and like every like couple of seconds... Something something, something something kind of pushes at my back a little bit. And I really, honest to God, thought it was the guy next to me. I'm like, I was two seconds away from, like, spinning around on this guy and being like, fucking quit it. And then I realized that the guy next to me was, like, three feet away. Because I put my hand out to kind of, like, stop him from touching me. And there nothing, was nothing, there. there was nothing there. And then while I had my hand back, something bumped me in the back. So I'm like, okay, this just got a lot weirder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! And I had to stand there for about five minutes with something with something poking me in the back. Now you know how it feels to go to be a gay man who goes to bed ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
But anyway, eventually that portion of the tour ended and he's like, okay, everyone can leave. And I kind of like left. Darted. <laughs> expediently, we'll say. And um, yeah, no, we were led to another room where there was whiskey and shortbread. And I, you had I did lot. my shot <laughs> and I ate my shortbread. And the tour guide kind of looked at me and goes, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, there was something like pushing, pushing me. on me. And he's like, yeah, no, that happens a lot. Like, it's nothing to be scared of. Like, you don't usually get hurt. He's like, but if you had kept, like, moving around, like, you could have gotten scratched or worse. Oh, shit. So he's like, so, you know, as long as you stand still, it's usually fine. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is a weird, That's like, great. terrorist cell ghost. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't, this feels very abusive. Yeah, but I had nightmares about that for, like, two nights while we were on vacation. Really? Um, But um, I'm sorry. My wife is trying to tell me to tell a certain part of the story that I'm not comfortable telling. Oh, well, tell me later in private. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is this sign language that's happening? Yeah, no, my wife's over there giving me signals like we're at a baseball game. Like she's trying to like, tell me to slide in a second. <laughs> I, I, was, I felt like I was doing a podcast with Marley Matlin. I was like, what is happening? But yeah, no, that was that was the creepy thing that happened to me in the Edinburgh catacombs. How did you never tell me this? I'm so sure that I have told you. I don't this think before, you did. But okay. I really don't think you did. I would remember something. Like I feel like this. I told everybody when I got back. Not <laughs> me. <laughs> okay. Not me. Okay. Um, yeah. You did not tell me this at all. Yeah, no, it was, it was creepy as fuck. And I don't regret doing it. Like there's a part of, is it sad that there's like a part of me that kind of wants to go and do it? I mean, it was a fun tour. I would recommend to anybody who's in the city to do it. Like, If we went back together, would you go in the room with me? Probably not. Really? Um, I don't need to do that again. Um, I think I'm good. But, I mean, if it was a prerequisite for you going in the room, maybe. I like. do, I'm like... <laughs> I'm tempted to be like, how much are Spirit, <laughs> Spirit Airlines right now? <laughs> it's like seven dollars. Uh, they don't let it. They won't let us in. <laughs> uh, we'll find a way. It's like Jurassic Park. Life, Life finds a way. way. Um, wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, no, that was that was definitely creepier than like I've been to Eastern State Penitentiary a couple of times did anything happen to you at Eastern State no and I've never seen anything I felt creeped out mm. um, there were a handful of spots like even doing the history tour in broad daylight where it definitely had a creepy vibe and like there's there's a lot of documentation of the haunting at ESP like there's the ghost hunters have been through there I think Ghost yeah. Adventures has been through there I know Kathy Kelly's gone a couple Kathy, times yeah Kathy's been a bunch of times um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty well documented that there's something up at ESP. I should tell you, Kathy was asking about you the other day. Oh yeah. She texted me. Um, we were just kind of talking back and forth. We were talking about Halloween and, um, she was saying that, uh, she wants to see us very soon. And I told her that I would love to see her as well. <laughs> I would love to see Kathy Kelly. I, I, every time I hear from Kathy Kelly, it's like, it's like getting, it's like getting a letter from God. It's like, it's like oh, the mail is here. It's, it's just like, I love hearing from Kathy. I love, love, love Kathy to death and her wife, Elisa. Um, but yeah, you know, what's funny is that when we were talking about hauntings and, and things like that, that we haven't really talked much about on the podcast, one of them, one of the more crazy experiences, not crazy, one of the more 
uh, creepy experiences I've ever had was at the paranormal bookstore. Yeah, no, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it, but to be fair, you, I mean, you had been in the old bookstore, not the yeah. one that it is now. Because paran- it, it used to be the paranormal museum and bookstore. And then it was turned into the paranormal tower, which is still both, but they're stacked. They used to be side by side. And when they were uh, side by side, I went there with David and David had a really, really creepy experience um, while we were there. There, Obviously, she has the paranormal museum where there are, you know, haunted objects and there are kind of, you know, paranormal curiosities and, and things like that. And, you know, artifacts, any any kind of odd thing is something that Kathy is always interested in. Um, and we used to loving, we used to love to go there and just walk through the museum and it, it, it was small, but we loved it. It was, it was very interesting. And there's always just a great tone. And obviously you have met Kathy mm-hmm. before. Anytime you're around Kathy is just a joy. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember one time, uh, Kathy, we were, we were kind of there and Kathy told us a story because David said there was a there was a trap door in the floor that went down to the basement. It was, well, it was, yeah, I know. I was like, you you couldn't have planned this better. Please Kathy. tell me she put a big iron ring on it. Like, no, <laughs> I, wish. I really wish she did. Um, and Igor comes, you know, meandering out. Um, but it went down to the basement because it was it. You know, a lot of the buildings on Cookman Avenue and Asbury Park are are very old buildings. They date back to like the 30s and 40s and or I should I should say the early 20th century. I don't know exactly how far they go back, but um some of them even farther than that, if I'm being honest. And in the basement was where they kept a lot of, you know, their storage and and things like that. And anytime we went near the the door to the basement, David got very weird. He was, he was, he was like, I feel very uncomfortable. Something's not right over here. Um, and Kathy had actually told us that there were, there were incidents of the, uh, the, the other guy who, who was, who worked very closely with Kathy there, his name was Chris DeLuca. And, um, Chris had stories of being shoved and pushed around there. And Kathy had seen, things in the basement which i believe she told us about mm-hmm. she had seen like a woman in like victorian yeah. garb like in the basement and super super creepy shit and we were there once with a tour where there was at the time there was a little there was the ghost of a little boy i believe his name was jacob who inhabited the building and <laughs> they have an they have an evp of jacob have I ever told you this? Yeah, I think I know where this is going. Uh, there's an EVP. I don't know if it's still there, but it, it on I, I I don't know if it's paranormalbooksandcuriosities.com or paranormalmuseum.com, whatever whatever the web address is. If you go there, it might still be up there. And every night they would say goodnight to Jacob. And one night they happened to be recording and they said goodnight, Jacob. And in the background, nobody else was in the building. No, it was just them saying goodbye. They were locking up for the night. It was late at night. And you can hear a little kid's voice say, bye. And it is the creepiest fucking thing. 
but by all accounts, Jacob was a very peaceful ghost, very kind of like childlike, very playful yeah. and, and whatever. And one time when we were on a tour there, uh, one of the people in our tour who was a friend of ours, some, like felt some someone tugging on their coat. And and uh, they said, oh, Jacob likes to do that. He likes to play with people and like he'll like tug on your clothes or he'll like grab your legs or, or things like that. Like he's very playful that way. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fucking fun. <laughs> it's like, and how do I tell Jacob I don't want to play? I know. No play, Jacob. <laughs> don't play. I don't play. I am mean. Rah! Away. Um, that is probably one of my more creepy experience i mean outside the realm of the things that happen at dad's house the other thing and i know you're going to disagree with me on this one was blair's den no it's okay go ahead i'm not gonna tell the whole story i i just wanted to point out david yells at me all the time to tell this story on the podcast because it is my quintessential ghost story and i don't tell it I had rules when I met David. I said, I don't tell this story unless it is Halloween and we have to be in a graveyard. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Like when I was in college, I used to tell my friends, I was like, I have the best ghost story you will ever hear in your entire life, but it has to be Halloween and we have to be in a graveyard. That's the, those are the only criteria. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. (laughs) Now you got to die. And David has spent every year of our relationship making me break the rules <laughs> and, he's, and he's going to he's sleeping right now in our bedroom when, when which he is hears the this only later. reason that he's not out here going like i'm surprised he's not like banging on the door being like tell the story tell the story tell the story i'm not going to tell it on the podcast tonight i don't know if i ever will tell it um and i try to explain to david i was like you know some of the better ghost stories are just better when it's such a special thing to me, this story. It's one of the better ghost stories I have in my life. And I feel like if I just run around telling it, it like cheapens the story. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. recording it. It's like, it's, if I tell the story in a group of friends in a special setting, it's like, that's one thing. But recording it and putting it out there on a podcast just feels so like, it feels like I'm giving it away. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, and it's like, this is like one of my, my most there are treasured hundreds stories. of people listening right now going, oh, I'm not good enough for this story. <laughs> it's not that. It's like, <laughs> this story is so good that it's like, it, it deserves a better telling than like on the podcast. So one day when all of this shit is over and we have live shows one day, maybe, maybe one day I'll tell the story. But I will we'll do say- Do a live show in a graveyard. A live show on, uh, could you imagine? We could do it at Harassmus Cemetery in Jersey City. <laughs> okay. I'm not even kidding. Have you ever heard of Harassmus? No. It, there is a, a, a really, 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 really old cemetery in Jersey City. It's called Harassmus. Uh, cemetery, but they hold events there. They like screen Rocky Horror there huh. every Halloween. Um, I'm part of the Yuletide Carolers. It's a caroling group, a Christmas caroling group in New Jersey and New York and all over the country. And they hire us every year and we go sing Christmas carols in the cemetery. It's really cool. And they do events there. Maybe one day we'll be able to do a My Spooky Gay Family live show at Harassmus Cemetery and I'll tell it to you. That would be really cool. <laughs> that would be a great show. Um, so, yeah, I will say that that story has a lot of like 
paranormal shit in it that I know you you cannot corroborate, but that you were there for. Um, you were there when we found the handprints. Yes, I was there when we found the handprints. It's a long story, but basically it culminates with us finding handprints all over the car that we were all kind of driving through a very haunted place in. Yes. Um, and at the outside of the car, it was like all over the outside of the car, including the window near one of our brothers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who was not pleased. Who was not at all pleased. And he was the one who found the handprints all over the car when we got out. And we were like, ah, just remember it because he didn't even say anything he just like groaned he was just like <laughs> he was like guys <laughs> kevin was like lou costello <laughs> when we were kids he was like <laughs> <laughs> and we were like kevin what are you doing and he's like check <laughs> Maybe one day, if you're all good, I'll tell the the Blair's Den story. But it is a pivotal part of New Jersey weird weird New Jersey folklore. Jess has stories from Blair's Den. Carmen, uh, her husband, has stories from Blair's Den. We all went to Blair's Den once and kind of came away with differing experiences of, of what we saw there. And it's just a crazy story. It's a crazy, crazy night um, that... In a lot of ways, spark the spook. I'm bringing that hashtag back. (laughs) (laughs) It's only a year later. I know, I know. Um, You went to a very old school. You went to a a school that's been around for a very long time. Since before the Revolutionary War. Has it really been that long? Mm -hmm. Rutgers is as old as George Washington's teeth. Rutgers is older. That's weird. Um, I believe it is 1766. If I'm getting my, if I'm getting my Rutgers mythology correct, <laughs> mythology. <laughs> um, well, originally it was Queens College. Really? Yes. And I guess that changed after the war. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> did I get uh, the year right? I see her looking it up. Okay. So. <laughs> Somewhere there's there's a Rutgers campus tour guide who is like, I did it. I got one piece of information. I got one person to remember the date. <laughs> one person is going to remember this. <laughs> it's emblazoned on everything, like, having to do with Rutgers. Like, if you buy a Rutgers football hat, it's, like, 1766 underneath it. Meanwhile, like- <laughs> I went to Montclair, which is, like, 1966. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea when, when Montclair State University was founded. I went to Montclair. Um, you went to Rutgers not that long ago, but long enough. Were there ghost stories at Rutgers? There were a bunch of different ghost stories at Rutgers. There's kind of the ones that, like, they told on the ghost tour, and then there were the ones that, like, the students told. Like, there was a very sharp distinction between kind of what was, like, the historian-approved Rutgers ghost stories mm-hmm. and just kind of what the student population told. Yeah. Um. The ones that are sort of his- historically verified or <laughs> not verified, but the the historically approved ones are all very easily accessible on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to tell you two Ooh. of the ones that the students told that kind of aren't on that sort of like if you took a ghost tour of Rutgers, these two aren't going to show up on there. Okay. Um. <clears throat> 
first of all, my wife, Sarah, um, <laughs> went to Douglas College, and it was Douglas College at the time. It wasn't Douglas Residential College. It was a separate college within the university. It was an all-women's school. Um, I did not do that because I didn't want to be labeled a Douglas Dyke, and I have never regretted anything more in my life. <laughs> There's such a thing as a Douglas Dyke? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, no, there was a... There was a a charming nickname for lesbians who went to the all-girls school at Rutgers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she lived in a dorm called Jameson on Douglas campus. And um, one of the, it's a like four or five building complex that kind of has a quad in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I believe it was Jameson C has, no, she's shaking her head. <laughs> a. Jameson A. <laughs> This is the danger of having her here. She's like, <laughs> it's like, I feel like Donald Trump at the debate. I'm getting fact checked in two seconds. <laughs> oh, no. Except I actually correct it. Yeah. Um, between you. But no, in Jameson A, there was an abandoned swimming pool in the basement. <laughs> yeah. I don't like This that. sounds like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, the the story is pretty straightforward. There was a swimming pool sometime in, I want to say the 70s or 80s, a girl drowned there and they shut the pool down. Oh, shit. But um, the story is that they never cleaned out her locker and that if you go down there at night, you can still see her walking around the pool. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. So that's one. <laughs> <laughs> I also lived in a haunted dormitory. <laughs> I lived in Demarest on College Avenue mm. um, for two out of my four years that, that I was at Rutgers. Um, and it's kind of the hippie freak dorm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and look at you now. <clears throat> but it was also dedicated um, <coughs> LGBT friendly housing. Oh, I love that. Which is why I picked it. Go Demarest. Yeah, Demarest was pretty cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but um, it used to be the old football team dorm. So it was... Which it was one of the lo- to be the opposite of LGBT. You would housing. think, right? <laughs> but they used to dorm the football team all together, and they used to do it in Demarest. Mm. So the point is, this was a very old building. It's one of the older buildings on College Ave. Okay. And um, down in the basement, there's this big, beautiful lounge area that has a fireplace on either side of it, and they both have these weird grates that are shaped like football players. It's like. It's really creepy. It's very haunting of Hill House. Yeah, that's fucking but, weird. <laughs> that's also like where the laundry room is and like where the rec room was and like So where you're spending a lot of your time. And where a lot of people studied because they had big wide study tables down mm. there. But um if you It were, feels very like uh your house at Hogwarts. Like yeah, your a common little bit. room. <laughs> a little bit. That's actually a pretty pretty good way of putting it. That's weird. Okay. But um the fireplaces were never lit. Um, because insurance. <laughs> but um Well yeah. We couldn't even have fucking tapestries yeah, on the walls. <laughs> we weren't allowed to have anything flammable, anything remotely flammable in the room. They're like they're like, you have a lighter, you're you're kicked out, you're done. <laughs> Remember when dad got you like didn't he get you like a hot plate and a cappuccino machine or some shit? He tried to get me he tried to get me a coffee pot until I told him that I could not have one. Mm. Because it was a fire hazard. And dad was like, it's fine. I had He's one like, in no, college. He's like, no, it's fine. You'll just sneak it in. I'm like, I don't want to sneak it in. Because if I get caught with it, I will get kicked out of housing. 
<laughs> it's like, Dad, in your day, airplanes didn't have wings. Like they—they they were not—they did not have safety precautions. They just hovered. They—they yeah. <laughs> they just launched them out of a cannon and hope they made it. <laughs> no, but um, I never saw anything creepy down there. But um, I heard from a couple of other people that there was a long-standing um rumor that one of the original tenants, we'll say, of Demarest had killed himself downstairs. Mm. And there is a there's a ghost that people claim to have seen whose head sort of pops off and then before then uh, he disappears and it's like right in front of the fireplace. Oh, I don't like that. How did he kill himself? <laughs> Jesus. It's never been explained to me. Everyone had a different story. Some people <laughs> With said a he long ha- sword? What did he do? <laughs> Some people Jesus. said he hanged himself. Some people said he shot himself. I'm not sure which one is true, if either of them is true. My God. I mean, I feel like every dormitory in the U.S., like, at some point, someone will tell some freshman that somebody killed themselves in the building. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea if this is true or not, but it was, <laughs> it was the, a creepy-ass basement. Yeah. And I, it was a totally believable place to see a ghost. Did you spend a lot of time down there? I did. I used to study down there while I was doing my laundry. Of course you did. <laughs> As, like, the creepiest spot on campus, Sam found it. <laughs> I lived on the third floor, and it's not like there was an elevator. So You're I like, wasn't going to, like, hoof it upstairs, study for an hour, hoof it back downstairs, do some laundry. You're like, and the weirdest part is the entire time I was studying, it kept, it kept feeling like someone was pushing me in the back. <laughs> no, but it did. It was always cold down there. Really? Like, it was always cold. It didn't matter what time of year it was. It didn't matter if the sun was up. Like, hmm. it was always cold down there. Was it above ground? No. Oh. Uh, that'll No, it. it was. It was not. that's creepy yeah no so that's two ghost stories that i know of from Rutgers. i know that there's more that's so weird Uh, what about montclair well (laughs) well i looked it up and montclair actually goes back farther than i thought it did 1908 (laughs) nice (laughs) (laughs) fucking useless i swear to god um but i did have creepy experiences at montclair Supposedly, it is one of the most haunted colleges in the U.S. I have a hard time believing that simply because it it wasn't ever really that crazy when I was there. I had some really weird experiences, nothing that was ever nuts, but it was kind of an older school and there is a lot of lore about things that have happened there. You know, obviously there are like there was a really tall residential building there one of the dorms that was, it was called Bone Hall. and uh, (laughs) Which everybody loved, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) There was like, there was like, whoever named these these buildings, I was like, you realize you're naming these for like young adults, right? (laughs) It was, there was like Bone Hall. It's like, we'll put Bone Hall next to Muff Lodge. (laughs) Muff Lodge. (laughs) And then there's, uh, there's Pussy House. Um, (laughs) And that's the Vagina Garden. (laughs) Somewhere Kathleen Turner is like, pussy well out. Um, there was, well, there was Bone Hall and there was Moorhead Hall, which is like. <laughs> nice. Like whoever was naming this was some fag in the early 20th century who was like, Moorhead, Bone. And they're like, okay, sh- shut up, Tristan. Um, <laughs> uh Bone was supposedly haunted, obviously. It was the tallest residential building. I think it was like 16 floors. Um, and none of the other buildings on campus were that tall. Like, literally none of them. And there was a story about a kid who had been drunk in the building and had 
fallen out of the window on a mm-hmm. very, very high floor. <laughs> it was like 14 or 16 floors. I can't remember. Yikes. But supposedly he haunted Bone Hall. And I was like, could you imagine that being the, your your home for the rest of eternity? <laughs> Mike Bone Flanagan Hall. ain't going to make a series <laughs> named The Haunting of Bone Hall. The Haunting of Bone Hall. <laughs> Um, I lived in a dorm called Freeman, which was, there was like Russ, which was the, there were two nicer dormitories on campus and they were right next to each other. One was Russ and one was Freeman. And the reason I say they were nicer is that Freeman was a very old building, but the, um, the dorms were built in such a way that every two rooms had like a Jack and Jill bathroom. So you didn't have like a public bathroom. You had your own bathroom, Um, which is exactly why I went for it. And Russ was the same way. They all had kind of a Jack and Jill bathroom, but it was, it was built in like the eighties or nineties. So it was much nicer and it was much more up to date. Freeman was probably built in like the sixties. If I, if I had to guess based on the, um, the decorations and, Mm -hmm. and the styling of the building, it, it was an older building, and the reason I went for Freeman is because it was easier to get into because everyone applied to Russ as their preference. So I knew if I put Freeman as my preference, I would get it because no one put it as their pre- preference because they all wanted Russ. Right. Um, and then I was guaranteed my own bathroom because I was, I was like, I am not sharing a public bathroom for a year. I was like, <laughs> it's just not fucking happening. Uh, and I didn't, you know. Thank goodness I I went all four years. I mean, I only lived in Freeman for two of them, but um, Freeman was also supposedly haunted. Uh, You know, every dorm has ghost stories and there was always kind of an eerie feeling. It, It was kind of strange. You know, if you were walking around the halls late at night, I would always feel like someone was watching me or there would be nights when I came home late and like everyone was in bed and it was that kind of like, low watt institutional lighting <laughs> of, of a 60s dorm room. low watt institutional <laughs> lighting <laughs> i know uh and it was like if you were coming home late at night you'd like rush a little faster to get your key in the door that kind of feeling okay but i never had anything terrible happen to me in the hallways one time though i did have a pretty creepy experience i was a musical theater major and so any any chance I got, I would try to get a rehearsal room because on campus there are obviously quiet hours and things like that. But, you know, if you're in class all day and then rehearsal until 11 o'clock at night and then you have like, you know, a performance class the next day that you need to know a song for or if you wanted to practice piano for class or if you wanted to practice a song for for an audition or something, you had to go and use these rehearsal rooms. And they were kind of hard to come by because everyone was always using them. Um, And so during the day, the best way I found is there was in the music building, there were specific rehearsal rooms. But in Freeman, there was an old piano room Mm -hmm. that nobody knew about. And there was like one little, I guess it was like, it used to be a common room that was like kind of out of order and no one used it anymore. And in that room, there was a piano. And so every once in a while, I would just go in there because it was detached. There was like Freeman and then there was a cafeteria where uh, everyone in Freeman could eat. There was like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the cafeteria. And then 
on the other side of the cafeteria, there were old classrooms that had been shut down and a common room. And the classrooms weren't used almost at all anymore. And this common area wasn't used at all. Nobody used it. And it was very secluded. So it was like quiet. And if I wanted to go and rehearse there, it wouldn't bother anyone. <clears throat> so I would go there reasonably often to practice because it was in my building, whereas the music building was a, a pretty far walk at the, at the time. And one, one night I went there to practice a song and I kind of got a weird feeling while I was sitting at the piano. I was like, I was practicing and I got a weird feeling and I decided I was like, I'm going to get up and go because I don't, I don't feel comfortable here right now. And I got up and I left the room, like no real issue, like nothing happened. And I, I was walking down the hall uh, towards like the dormitories and I heard the piano playing. And I was like, <laughs> I know nobody was in there with me. Yeah. Uh, so I walked a bit faster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. That was probably run. like one of the creepier things that happened to me at Montclair. Um, there were there were other times in the regular um, rehearsal rooms. In the rehearsal rooms, they're all they're little soundproofed rooms with a piano in it. They're only they're like closets. It's like four feet by six feet like four feet wide six feet deep or or five feet wide six feet deep whatever it is and they're just little soundproof closets that you can go in and sing in and so when i would go there at like midnight one o'clock in the morning to sing and there were definitely it was in the basement of the theater building and there were definitely nights where like I'd be in the middle of, of practicing a song and be like, nope, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and some nights I was fine, some nights I wasn't, and I can't tell you why. Again, it was like an old building and the the oldest theater on campus was in that building. And so like there was, there was always like kind of weird feelings at, at Montclair. It was always kind of a, a weirdly haunted place. Uh, other stories that I've heard that I didn't really know much about at the time is that one of the one of the pieces of lore is that Montclair is apparently built on a Native American burial ground, just like every other thing that is supposedly haunted. Uh, I have no idea if that's true or not, but it's kind of something that comes up in the lore all the time when it comes to Montclair. And there was a there was an apartment complex that was technically part of the school housing, but it was quote-unquote off-campus housing that was just these little private apartments that people could go live in. It was called the Clove Road Apartments. And uh, they are supposedly very haunted. Uh, according to theghostdiaries.com, there, there are stories of um, everything, like basically whatever you imagine a paranormal story to be. It's like doors and windows slamming shut, you know, uh, lights going on and off and supposedly there are stories of people waking up and and having like a shadowy figure standing over them it's like kind of kind of weird things like that that uh i never personally experienced i did have a friend who lived in the clove road apartments one of my best friends in college lived in the clove road apartments and she occasionally would get creeped out and to be fair they were kind of creepy apartments like they are they are strange okay um but I wouldn't say I ever felt like super uncomfortable there. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. It was it was definitely like creepy, but I never had a bad experience. Is what okay. I'll say. So that's kind of my experience at Montclair. It was um, it was what it was. Uh, that's kind of what I'll say about Montclair. Okay. I wouldn't even rank it. A lot of people call it the, you know, one of the top 10 haunted universities in in the country. And I'm like, I can name at least one off the top of my head that is far more haunted. And that is Drew University in Madison. Yeah, no, we um we heard some interesting stories about Drew this week. <laughs> we sure fucking did. I'm, I'm really lucky. I have a, a good friend of mine who I went to high school with. Her name is Candace. And she she works... I forget. It's the archives at, at Drew University. And I believe she is an archivist associate. She is an archivist. <laughs> yes, she is an archivist associate at Drew University is, I think, her official title. And um, Candace is one of like the coolest people, first of all. I've known her for a very long time. We did theater together in high school, and we've been very good friends for a very long time. And uh, she is a listener of the podcast. And so... She sent us a bunch of ghost stories about Drew University because this month uh, Drew University is doing a lot of special events virtually that they would normally be doing in person. And so Candace reached out to us and she was like, listen, I have these stories about Drew University that I want to share with people, especially because normally one of the things we do for new students at Drew is we do this like walking ghost tour because it's one of the most haunted campuses in the country. And so we're going to do a digital version of that in October. So we're going, she sent us some ghost stories from Drew University and we're going to, uh, we're going to read them to you. <laughs> and let me tell you, they're a bit crazy. Yeah. Like I, when people say they have ghost stories from their college, I'm like, I kind of take it with a grain of salt, but these are like legit ghost stories because Excuse me. Drew is another one of those like really, really old schools, probably from around the same time as uh, Rutgers, if I had to guess. Right. Am I wrong in thinking that? It's kind of hard to say. Um, Drew University, it's it's in Madison, New Jersey, and it it is like super, super old. 1867. Yeah. It's like only 100 years younger than than Rutgers. 101. <laughs> well, excuse the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Rutgers has a visceral like need to compete with every other university in the state. So. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> we have a major inferiority complex because of that first football game with Princeton, which we won. I have no idea what this is, it's and I fine. don't even know if I want to. It's okay. I'm like, fine. you just said a lot of words that don't interest me at all. <laughs> Princeton Are football. you rah-rah? That's all you need to know. Are you, like, still big on Rutgers football? Not really. They suck now. <laughs> <laughs> they changed they should, the team. They should never have moved to the Big Ten. It was a terrible mistake. I don't even know what that means. You don't have to. It's okay. I don't just, want to. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it was founded in 1867, right? Yes. 1867. And it is one of the older schools in New Jersey. The whole – it's in Morris County, and Morris County is uh, – it dates back to, again, the Rev- the Revolutionary War. Like, there is uh, a place in Morris County. I can't remember the name of it. It's a tavern. But it is where, like, 
soldiers from the Revolutionary War slept. Like the the Patriots slept. <laughs> the real Patriots. Not from Not Boston. the New England Patriots. Yeah. yeah. Um, they slept there like, and I have Christmas Carol there. It's crazy. It's a beautiful building, by the way. Um, and the ceilings are all really short. <laughs> uh, yes. So... Candace sent us a bunch of these stories and we're going to uh, we're going to read two of them to you uh, and then we'll explain to you a little bit about what's going on at, at Drew University this fall. If you're a, a listener from Drew, um, the first story I'm going to tell it, it's it's called the story of the hauntings of Mead Hall. And um, I'm just going to read to you exactly what Candace sent. So imagine I sound like Candace. <laughs> <laughs> We'll start with the most famous building on campus, Mead Hall. We think this photograph was taken in 1885, and she sent us photographs that we'll be posting on social media. Mead Hall can be a spooky place. People often report hearing footsteps in this building when no one else should be there. Public safety officers have heard doors slamming at night when there is no apparent breeze. A co-worker of the university archivist, <laughs> who happens to be uh, Candace's boss, uh, who was a student here in the early 1970s, remembers going to the business office, which was in the basement. <laughs> While she was waiting outside the door, she felt a tap on her shoulder. When she turned around, no one was there, and she claims it would have been impossible for someone to hide. There are also reports of apparitions, and I'm going to give give that a big old nope in 1979 there were reports of a dense haze seen in the basement uh but it was the 70s so. i was gonna say they just they just missed what caused that and it smelled it like a skunk. a skunk uh then there is and this is in bold the lady um and i'm i'm glad that she referred to me in such kind terms <laughs> there have been sightings of a woman in white on stairways and in hallways. The most famous story is that during the August 24th, 1989 fire in, in Mead Hall, two Madison firefighters saw a woman in the blaze. When they attempted to rescue her, she was nowhere to be found. Who was that woman? The lady in white has been supposed to be the wife of Daniel Drew, the founder of the university. Her name was Roxana Mead Drew, who died in 1876. Other students claim to see her portrait in Mead Hall move. Is her spirit unrest? What? I'm guessing this is supposed to be, is her spirit in, in unrest? Experiencing unrest and haunting the halls of Mead Hall? That is the, that's the script. Typos and all. <laughs> I love you, Candace. She's going to hate me. Um, it is very creepy. I have heard stories of the hauntings of Mead Hall. Candace has told us a bunch. Um, and this one creeps me out a lot because I, there's something about like the, the, the weird, like creepy old ghost lady apparition that just kind of freaks out everybody. And this one in particular spooks me. And she sent us some really creepy photos, uh, and we'll we'll share them on social media. Don't yes. you worry. Uh, we have more stories, though. Sam, would you like to? We have just take one more. <laughs> what? Just one more. Just one more. Um, this is the story of the misandrist ghost of Hoyt Bound Bound Hall. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like this. The misandrist ghost. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted to read this one. I I could no, imagine. <laughs> 
Just like in Mead Hall, people have seen visions of a woman in this building on the fourth floor. There are stories of items disappearing, men report having been scratched and knocked down, students claim to feel uneasy. Hence why it's a misandrous ghost, because it's men that get attacked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, it's clearly a woman who hates men, but why? Stories abound. A woman was either pregnant and killed herself, or was raped and killed herself, or was flung from the fourth floor. That's a lot of oars, Candace. <laughs> Those are, that's a lot of options. We could build a canoe with all these oars. <laughs> Male students express fear and trepidation about the fourth floor of Hoytbound Hall as they do not want to encounter her vengeful spirit. There are two story variants. Apparently, the Star Ledger claims that it was Revolutionary War soldiers who raped a woman... And who, who then threw her out of the building. Um, it is true that Revolutionary War soldiers were stationed in the forest that is now Drew University. Nathaniel Green, one of Washington's generals, stationed his troops here. But Hoytbound was built in 1894. Therefore, the Revolutionary Story connection is a little sketchy. So there was no building during the Revolutionary War. So <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and say the Star Ledger is probably full of crap on that one. Yeah, they're probably they're probably kind of mistaken in in that one. Although, I mean, the funny th- No, cuz it wasn't filled until 1894. What were you going to say? I was going to say it's it's closer to the Civil War than it is to the Revolutionary War, so I'm not sure how they were, you know, they were 100 years off. Well, that was something I was going to point out is something that was interesting to me was the fact that you I think we said it was built in 1867, right? The school was founded in 1867. Right. It that means it would have been would it be in the midst of or just following the Civil War? Just following. If my American history serves me correctly, I believe the war ended in 65. Mm. So, this is not long after the Civil War. No. I, and that's kind of one of the crazy things that I think people don't realize about New Jersey. New Jersey is one of the original 13 colonies. So, there are tons of sites throughout New Jersey that date back to the Revolutionary War and that have ties to... I mean, Princeton, for one, has a very famous battleground. Princeton has a very famous battleground. So does um, Freehold in Monmouth County has an incredibly famous... Uh, the Battle of Monmouth was a huge turning point in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you can't spit in New Jersey without hitting a Revolutionary War site. So I know. And what's funny is David and I actually got married... Uh, on one of George Washington's lookouts. Yes. <laughs> we did. It's called Washington Rock. It's in... Uh, uh, North Plainfield. No. No? The other one. Green... Greenbrook? Greenbrook. Okay. <laughs> it's always blurry to me where that line is. It's very... It, I mean, it's right on the line, and that's why it becomes kind of strange. David and I got married at, uh, on uh, Washington Rock, which is this big Revolutionary War lookout spot that George Washington had built at because it from that point you can see for miles and miles and miles in New Jersey and you can actually see the a lot of the skyline of New York City and today it's just a beautiful place to go but at the time it was a really uh a a, a crucial crucial point for the the soldiers in the revolutionary war um yeah so th- that's kind of the funny thing about Drew. It kind of is in the middle of this really historic area. And so you get the fun ghosts. You get the ones that are like really old and don't know iPods. They're like, <laughs> they're, they're like, why is everyone looking at these glowing pads? And you're like, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, Gus. Um, 
Yeah, so those are... They're just cranky. (laughs) They're very cranky. I'd be cranky, too, if I was there that long. Especially the ghost in Hoyt Bound Hall. Hoyt Bound Hall. She is not a happy camper. Cranky. She is a crappy hamper. I would love to... I would love to go on a ghost tour of Drew University. With I Anna. would too. And I would love to do it with Kathy Kelly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like a little ghost investigation, uh, a paranormal investigation of uh, Drew University. We need to make that happen one day. I hope you know. I'm all for it. We're going to just, we're just going to take Kathy Kelly. We're going to put a leash on her and take her everywhere we go. Um <laughs> If uh, these are just two of the stories that are part of the ghost tour, the virtual ghost tour of um, Drew University. But Candace wanted us to let you guys know that they are going to be doing a, a, a huge, huge, huge event for the rest of the um, for the rest of the month. They've already started doing this kind of virtual ghost tour Um They've already um, done Mead Hall and Hoyt Bound Hall. Now they they did. They did those um, early in in the the month on October 1st. They did uh, uh, the haunting of Hoyt Boyne Hall. Uh, and on the 8th, they did um, the haunting of Mead Hall. But actually today, if you're listening to this today on the 15th, they're doing the haunting of Seminary Hall. And this is the story of the ghost organist. <laughs> Which sounds really fun. I know. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, did he ever go to Montclair? <laughs> <laughs> he just hopped up the parkway to give you a visit. That's all. I know. And they're going to be doing a live stream of um, the, they, they said, watch the story of um, the ghost organist. Be- what is this? Watch the story of the ghost organist before you watch the live stream. So they're going to be doing a live stream of seminary hall and uh it starts at 7 p.m and it goes until the next morning they're doing this on the drew university social media so they're going to be live um, also st- i believe hauntedrew.com and hauntedrew.com they're going to be doing live streams of the uh these halls like overnight to see if they catch ghosts and i candace sent me footage from i believe it was mead hall if okay. i'm not mistaken that was just taken last week and when i tell you there's some convincing shit there's like one point where you hear banging noises because there's Mm -hmm. audio and visual components there's one point where you hear banging noises and then the video kind of like scrambles it it shakes and scrambles and there's another video where at one point you see two yellow lights not that dissimilar from headlight boy from (laughs) bly manor um kind of appear from around a corner and then immediately disappear shit i don't that's not to say that they are eyes or what they might have been but it is very creepy and it was late at night (laughs) (laughs) um on the 22nd, that's Thursday, October 22nd, they're doing the haunting of the Great Hall. And this is the swaying chandeliers. Um, they're going to be telling the story of the ghostly Great Hall. And you should watch it before you watch the live stream, which starts at 7 p.m. And then on the 29th, they're doing a virtual ghost walking tour, which uh, is a pre-recorded haunted tour around campus. And that will be released at 7 p.m. You can watch it again at hauntedrew.com. Uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're doing it on their social media, but you should double check uh, on hauntedrew.com. 
and please, please, please support the Drew archives. It is really cool. They have a lot of cool, cool, cool stuff there that, again, dates back a, a long, long time. I mean, the preservation that they're doing with not only art, but artifacts and and really important stuff is and like creepy stuff like haunted shit and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff is is hanging out at the archives at Drew University. So um definitely support oh, definitely support them over at hauntedrew.com and check out they have a ton of spooky shit for for the rest of the month uh if you are a student there uh this is a really great way to get to know your campus and to get to see some of the creepy shit that you might run into in the next four years <laughs> nowhere not to go at midnight nowhere nowhere not to go at midnight and please if you do have experiences you can contact us at spookygayfam at gmail.com. <laughs> we would love to hear them. We're always looking for people's um, spooky stories and, and ghost stories. And if you have a college spooky story, please, please, please. I am begging you with every fiber of my being to send it to us. You can send it to us on any one of our social media. We have Twitter. Uh, spooky gay fam we have instagram my spooky gay family we have spooky gay fam at gmail.com we have my spooky gay family on facebook any one of them send us your stories we always 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 want to hear them especially if it's something we can uh read on the podcast so uh i hope you guys enjoyed this little episode of ours it was definitely a lot of fun to get to talk about our college hauntings and what's going on at Drew University. Thank you one more time uh, to Candice. We are very, very appreciative of uh, for you sending us those stories and for sharing everything that's going on over at Drew. So until next time, stay spoopy and remember. These souls who for whatever reason are not at rest are also not aware that they have passed on. They're not part of consciousness as we know it. They linger in a perpetual dream state, a nightmare from which they cannot wake. Inside the spectral light is salvation. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Poltergeist, distributed by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, 1982. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Music